It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, John? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 128 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, a betting preview of the 2021-22 English Premier League season. How exciting. Introducing the following, Nigel Seely from Premier Sports Players. How are you, mate? Very excited, as you can tell by our demeanour. Really looking forward to this one. Uh, another Premier League season coming around so quick, it only seems like... Well, a few weeks ago, which it was a few weeks ago, that we were at the Euros. So, um, yeah, no rest at all. And we're going for another nine-month slog. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, I, could, I mean, these boys, I've never seen them so keen in my life. It's it's 8.30 in the morning in the UK and it's uh, 5.30 in the afternoon for me. So, I'm firing. I'll, I'll bring the heat today, but not sure about these fellas. Uh, George Gamble, welcome back, mate. A, a summer break of sorts, you might want to call it. Well, not not really, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I cannot wait for the football season to to get back underway. But I tell you what, this is why I could never live where you are. Getting up at half six to watch a game, nah, it's just just not happening. Um, half six, no, it's more like twelve thirty at night. <laughs> uh, well, wherever it's half six, I couldn't live there. Um, but yeah, no, I cannot wait for the new season to get underway. Looking forward to it. Lots of action, and I know we sort of say it's a long old slog, but we absolutely love it, don't we? So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the podcast I look forward to every year talking about the Premier League. It's very very exciting. But before we get into the outright betting markets, a quick disclaimer on this video. As always, I or no one else on this YouTube channel is a financial advisor. This is educational content aimed at improving your knowledge about betting. There is a risk of losing money when betting, and what choices with you you make with your money <clears throat> is completely up to you. Uh, let's kick things off. Premier League winner. I will get up the market on the screen. Manchester City, very, very, very short favourites. Uh, best odds, I can see there's 1.8. Chelsea, next favourites at sixes. Liverpool, very close behind. You can get seven in a few places. And Manchester United. And then there's a, a huge gap back to Leicester, Tottenham and Arsenal. Um, I'll go to you first, George, mate, since it's been so long. A Manchester City fan yourself, do you think the odds are fair or are they very, very underpriced? Um, I think they're slightly, slightly underpriced. But then again, looking at it, you know, the team with the, the least XG conceded has, has won the Premier League in four of the last five seasons. And the team who've scored the most goals have won the title in three of the last four seasons. Um, you look at City, they've been the top scorers in those last four seasons as well. Even when they lost out to Liverpool, they still outscored them. Um, obviously, with the rumours, and, and it's looking like it's heating up, uh, a lot of people seem to think that the Harry Kane deal will get done uh, probably after the game against Spurs. If they had Harry Kane, they're just adding even more goals to the side. So, yeah, I do think, for me, City are, are issuing for it. I mean, I was you know, kind of looking at it and as you said, that the priced up around 1.66, 1.67 in most places. Um, for me, there's not a lot of value there in terms of that price. I think it's, for me, I do think it's pretty much bang on. And so it wouldn't be one that I'd go in on personally, but yeah, if they sign Harry Kane, then I, th- I think personally, the title does go back to City. I, I think they'll get off to a slow start though, looking, you know, waiting for a lot of players to come back and, and get up to up to speed in terms of fitness. Um, so similar to last season, I think at one point they were 14th. People were writing them off saying, oh, you know, Pep's having a mare, it's just going really badly. And then they end up storming to the title anyway. Um, and I think you could see a repeat of that here. So maybe that price changes over the course of, you know, maybe the first month. Uh, but I wouldn't have thought it would change that much. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be getting on City at that price personally, particularly when you look at those around them who have strengthened. I don't think they're as strong as City, but... You know, again, I might be looking through through blue tinted glasses, but clearly the price agrees with me. Uh, the market agrees with me, sorry. And, but yeah, you know, you're kind of looking at Chelsea there around sort of sixes, um, six point zero in most places, and everyone sort. Of, I think a lot of people are getting very, very carried away with Chelsea. Um, I think they'll be strong. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be a, a very, very good side, and, and we'll push as close. But I think people are sort of thinking, oh, you know, look how well Tuchel's done there. Uh, potentially the re-signing of, of Lukaku 
as well. Uh, and don't get me wrong, Lukaku is he is a great addition, um, and he's not the same player as he was at Man United. You know, he's not playing under Mourinho. He'll be uh, obviously playing under Tuchel, and I think he'll do really well there. I really do. And he's got a point to prove after it didn't quite work out for him uh, at Chelsea last season, but. Obviously, that's not completed yet. Uh, and so far, they've not really spent and reinforced elsewhere, like, you know, anywhere of note per se. Um, so selling Giroud and Tomori permanently. Tomori was on loan. Obviously, AC Milan last season did very well. Um, but look, Tuchel's a great manager. Um, and I do think, obviously, that they'll comfortably get top four. But I just feel like it would maybe take more than just Romelu Lukaku, particularly if City signed Harry Kane, um, for them to get ahead of uh, Pep's side. So for me, I do, I do think Chelsea are... <laughs> potentially overpriced but again for me I it might be blue tinted glasses but I, I can't look past City so so for me it's probably it's, it's a no bet for me personally I do think City go back to back but 1.67 I, I probably wouldn't be involved and then you know I, I don't see United winning it this season at all and then the, so for me the only other side that could potentially do something is, is Liverpool um, but I think their main focus is going to end up being just to make the top four you know, they've not really spent apart from adding Kunate uh, and he's a great addition again alongside Virgil van Dijk but it's going to be interesting for me to see how van Dijk does when he comes back I mean obviously we've seen I've seen a lot of clips through pre-season he's had a couple of shockers but it's pre-season he's not played for God knows how long so it's all about getting fitness and getting that, that sharpness and he's a brilliant brilliant centre half so I think they'll be defensively solid um but, you know, they always say when you're at the top, you need to improve. You need to spend. You can't be standing still because if you're standing still, you're going backwards. And that's what I fear for with, uh, with Liverpool, really. They have tied up a few players on, on new contracts, so they've got that assurance. But uh, and it looks like Harvey Elliott might be with the first team from this season. But just looking at those three, for me, I, I can't look past City. I think they're the strongest of the lot. Um, and like I said, particularly if they make a, that addition of Harry Kane, then, yeah, I think they're shooting for the title. But a 1.67, it's a no bet for me. Yeah, well said, mate. I mean, it's hard for Liverpool, isn't it? They got to rediscover that uh, that desire, I guess. Uh, Klopp uh, emotionally drove them to that title. So, so Nigel, do you think it's how how do, how easy do you think it is for for Liverpool to because they we know that they can compete with City, but it, it, it might be you know we, we could be talking about soft factors here that they they need to improve on, I guess to get themselves up again and I mean home crowds are back too which which really helps them yeah it definitely helps them I mean that was the main reason last season for their fall away from grace really I mean their home form was, was terrible they went for a stage of losing against Burnley Brighton so, you know, all the teams beginning with Bournemouth I think I can't remember who it was at the time but um, the thing is here, the thing is with here with them is that um, they're not spending the money and that's the problem they're they were a squad that uh, played a lot of football and looked quite old. Uh, a lot of them, you know, you've had a, a Copa America this summer, you've had a European Football Championships, and again, the, the, the players are going to come in and be, be rather tired. So um, that is a huge, huge concern for Liverpool, the fact that Manchester City have gone out and spent fortunes again on Grealish and potentially Harry Kane, which means they're even further behind. It's not in his nature to, uh, to spend money. Um, the problem here as well is that I think that um, Chelsea have just I made mean, I can't disagree with the betting. You know, the betting is 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 rock solid. I mean, Man City are one point six two, one point six or something like that. And um, but the problem is, is the Premier League title. You've got to tie your money up for nine months. You know, you you know, it's a lot of money. You know, you've got to have a decent amount of money on it to be to let that be tied up for that period of time. So I couldn't I couldn't bet I couldn't bet them at uh, at that price. The other thing for Liverpool, which is a big big thing for Liverpool. It says there's African Cup of Nations this year. Oh, yeah. So, Arne and Salah will go missing. That's that's massive, massive. So, for that reason, I think the best bet in the Premier League this season is, is pretty much the same what uh, George has sort of mentioned there. I feel that Chelsea will emerge as the main contenders. I really do. I think they're the Champions League winners, obviously, as we know. Tuchel's been is very astute um, defensively. The, the team hardly, you know, they hardly concede any goals. Under him, they went that tremendous run of winning to nil in pretty much every game they did. They've got an excellent goalkeeper, in my opinion, who's going to play uh, for a full season now rather than last year. And with the arrival of Lukaku, I think he looks like he, he to me, is, is a brilliant signing. You know, uh, we'll come on to some other markets, but I like Lukaku in. But um, I think that Chelsea have got into Man City's head as well a little bit. 
I think Tuchel's got into Guardiola's head. The fact that he's beaten three times last season in the four matches they played, and the fact that he's beaten them four times in the last five they played, suggests that he knows how to beat Guardiola. And you have rivalry, Wenger and uh, you have Wenger and uh, Mourinho over the years, and you've had various different rivalries between uh, Wenger and Ferguson. And this this looks like could be the one in the Premier League that's going to run. Everyone, Klopp may have fallen behind a little bit in the top two in, in his sort of in his demeanour and how he is. And I think that the rivalry is going to be Tuchel and and Guardiola. Guardiola with a swashbuckling style and uh, and Tuchel with his hard to beat formation with the, the big front man up front who's, who's dangerous. So I think the bet here. It, 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 the only value I can see in the Premier League is is a dual forecast, which means obviously teams to finish first and second in, in any order. And I think Manchester City and Chelsea to finish first and second in any order at two to one is the bet this year. Um, it's the same price for Man City and Liverpool to finish in, in any order. But there's too many question marks about Liverpool. Absolutely spot on about Van Dijk. I think he's going to take a long time, to, um, a good dozen games to get back to match fitness. And you've got to remember, in the first six games of this season, Liverpool played Chelsea and Manchester City, um, both at Anfield. So that will really determine whether Liverpool are title contenders. If they, if they drop points there, then already they're playing, facing a huge uphill struggle at dropping points at home. And I think having Salah and Mane gone as well suggests to me that Liverpool will not be title contenders. Unless he can go out and buy a striker uh, to cover those, but who is there? I don't know who you, I don't know who is who's available in the world. He should shot the world and buy Haaland, but it's not going to happen. You know, he's not. Who's he going to buy? Who's going to come in to, re, to replace him? And I think those two players are so key to Liverpool offensively, and uh, with question marks about Van Dijk being returning as the same player, I think it's that these top two are definitely going to be Man City and Chelsea this year, and I think at two to one, that is the best bet you can get with the Premier League this season. Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh... It's going to be one hell of a race as always, but I think that's a great spot from you, Nige, to to point out the African Cup of Nations. That's a that's a huge miss for for a club like Liverpool. You know, arguably their two best players. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. We'll move further down. Sorry, just one. If obviously for for Chelsea, Chelsea lose their goalkeeper in that tournament as well. Um, so so they but they've got Kepper who can come in. You know, it's not that and and. and Man City will probably be about Mahrez, but Man City's quality of player, they've got Mahrez, you know, they can replace him easy. But for Liverpool, those two players are just so pivotal and so key to them that I think they'll be affected much more than any other side in the in the uh, in the Premier League this year by the absences from that from that tournament. All right. Top four, top six markets. I'll get that one up on the screen for everyone now. We'll look at the top four. First of all, obviously, the the top four favourites are very short. But if you like the chances of Leicester and Arsenal and Tottenham to make it in, you've got Leicester at 5.5, Arsenal at as high as sixes and Tottenham at six. Also, we can take a quick look at the top six market. Uh, You've got Leicester there at 2.2, Tottenham at 2.2 also, Arsenal at 2.38. I'll go to you first again, George. Your general thoughts on this, and I can add in too. I mean, for for any Arsenal fans out there, that uh, the African Cup of Nations will affect them heavily too, with Nicola Pepe and and Thomas Party too. So something to think about there. Not for me. I don't think Arsenal get anywhere near uh, the top four. Um, I think they'll struggle for the top six personally. Um, sorry to disappoint you there, Alex, but yeah, those are my thoughts on Arsenal. I've not got a lot of faith in them. Uh, whatsoever, I'll be, Can I'll be I honest. Can I block with you. you from this podcast? Is that even possible? You, you carry on, mate. You carry. On. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for me, I think you know, top four is barring any sort of shock transfers um, and sort of overhauls. I see a relatively straightforward top four, and I know we've obviously just discussed Liverpool in length, and yeah, there's plenty of question marks, but I do think they'll scrape top four. Um, you know, City, Chelsea, United, and Liverpool for me are sort of the ones that I'll be looking at obviously, to, to finish in that top four. But the price I was looking for is there was the top six market and I was quite surprised to see Leicester uh, to finish in the top six at just over evens at 2.1. Yeah. You know, I think they've recruited really well. It's, you know, looking more and more likely that maybe they'll keep Madison, um, obviously from the clutches of Arsenal. Uh, and I, I think they're the best of the rest, personally, in terms of where we're at right now, where we, we currently are. 
um, yeah, they're, they're the best of the rest and should fight for top four. But ultimately, I think they definitely finish in the top six. You know, you look at the players they've recruited, they've got Patson Dacca, who's he's a great pacey striker, uh, the sort of player that fits in well at Leicester. Um, and they've reinforced their midfield with uh, with Samari from from Lille. And, and I think he'll complement the likes of uh, Ndidi very well. We saw in the community, I know you can't read too much into a community shield and, and City are quite a few weeks behind, but Leicester, that Leicester side will probably be the one that would start this coming weekend in the opening game and they look a little bit further along than I'd say most teams uh, in terms mm. of fitness and in terms of being ready and I quite fancy them to get off to a good start and they've got stability as well with with Brendan Rodgers then obviously with the, the type of football that he plays they're very expansive they're exciting to watch and they can go through their periods of inconsistency but overall they're always there or thereabouts and yeah, you know, I definitely see Leicester finishing in, in that top six. I, you know, I look at them in, in comparison to, to Tottenham, particularly if Tottenham lose Kane. I know they've you know tried to bolster their defence. They brought in Romero, who's one of the best centre halves uh, in Serie A last season. Made the team of the season as well. And uh, then I, I look at Arsenal. And I love Arteta. I'm just not sure that I rate him, and I don't think he's the man to to be taking them forward currently. And I think there's some been somewhat stagnant. Um, Carlo Ancelotti obviously leaving Everton and it's interesting to see how Leeds will do for example but you know looking at these kind of teams I just see Leicester as the best outside the top four um, so yeah for me them to finish in the top six uh, 2.1 I, I think is a, a good shout yes, This is a market that will be so heavily affected by the next three weeks of the transfer market you've got Madison, who could go to Arsenal, which is a direct swap within the top six battle, I guess. Tottenham mm-hmm. could go, I mean, sorry, Kane could go to Tottenham. Arsenal could sign more players outside of Madison. So, and then I'm not too familiar with most of the teams underneath that, what their transfer business is, but it's a, it could be a crazy week. But I kind of, um, I do agree with the Leicester pick, mate. I think even if they did lose Madison, I'd probably still fancy them over, yep. over Tottenham. Even you know, even if he went to Arsenal and Arsenal improved even further, you'd still have to have to fancy them for a top six place mm. there. And I'm quite shocked that it's actually. I thought it would be below evens personally priced out. I thought I thought it'd be around one point, maybe one point eight five, one point nine. Maybe it's the. Have they got some African players we're not thinking about? Maybe is oh. yeah, um, Nasio. He's he, he's not and uh, yeah, Nigeria. Indeed, yeah. So uh, that's. That might be why indeed he's key for them, isn't he? Yeah, he is. But I, I do just because I mean, looking at that, I do still feel that they'll have enough coming into the season to be to be in that top six. I really do. So if, you know, just for me personally, I, I really like that price on on them to do so. I think they'll manage that well. Yeah, I, they should. Out of all those teams, they should probably hit hit it the quickest, or at least I mean that was a <laughs> terrible way of saying it. But hit the season uh, running the fastest. Yeah. Maybe is the best way of saying it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they challenged Manchester United either, but uh, screw my thoughts. How about you, Nigel? Uh, well, I mean, last season we had the most, or well, everyone was saying, was the most open season we've ever had, the most strangest season in the Premier League. You know, Liverpool losing six games at home in the Premier League and the top four in the division were Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea. <laughs> so that shows, you how random, that shows you how random it was. You couldn't even get some of the, of the top four out of the top four in a season like last year. So, um, you know, Liverpool, their worst season in the Premier League, still managed to finish third. This shows you just how how, four, how these four, top four clubs are just so far ahead of everybody else. And for anybody to really challenge them, you know, they've got to spend millions and millions and millions. And unfortunately... I feel that Tottenham have taken a huge step backwards in their manage, manager appointment and as well as, you know, potentially their, their transfer business. Um, you know, I remember when they sold Gareth Bale, I think they booked seven new players and had the toilets done. I think they finished eighth the year after, you know, that, that was, that was, that, that didn't, they, didn't, they didn't really do much with his money. And I can't really see, and the other thing is, the other thing is, you know, um, the new manager, he's never been able to really spend money and, you know, I think that's a really important factor. You know, he's, he's, he's run a wall side. Okay, he bought players in the 20 million bracket and the 25 million bracket, but he's never run a side that's going to say, right, here you go. It's 200 million pounds. Go and build a team around Harry Kane. It's, it's a big gamble with someone who's not really managed at the, the top level of that, that kind of, uh, with that kind of war chest. Um, Arsenal, you, you, I mean, they, they could be, they could, they could have a good season. They could have a bad season. But I think their best option, hope is probably to win a cup. The FA Cup usually that does well for Arsenal. I think that's really what Arsenal fans would love a top six if they can get it and, and the FA Cup. And really, I mean, I saw Leicester play. I went to the Charity Shield at the weekend and I, I saw the telly, but 
I didn't think they played that well. I thought they, I thought they looked off the pace. Madison gave the ball away much more than he did with it. Vardy, I've seen I've seen Leicester the last two weeks actually. I've seen I saw Leicester play in a pre-season friendly as well. I know it was a pre-season friendly against QPR, but they put out an extremely strong side. You know, a really really strong side, and QPR really with a better side. Um, and Vardy to me, I, I don't know if, I don't know whether he's had a uh, he's been to. Uh, He's, he's been away with the missus to, uh, to, uh, in the summer for a few minutes. He looked off the pace. And I, don't know, I don't know whether he looked like he'd been to Latvia. I think Latvia. Latvia. Yeah. No, he looked like Latvia. No, he looked like he'd been somewhere up there than that. <laughs> um, he, he just oh, looks oh. as though, to me, to me, to me, he looks as though he's, um, well, I, I, you can't really judge it on two games. But the thing is with Vardy, I think he's going to be one of them players. As soon as he hits the wall, he's going to be finished because of his pace. He's so reliant on his pace that he just, once he loses that, Quick step, quick foot away from the defenders. Then he uh, in running into the channels, which he does. I think he could be finished overnight, and he, he didn't look to me great. And I think that's one of why they they bought the the guy uh, Dakar in to to um, to sort of be a potential replacement for him, because they might see that he he he's not the player he was a couple of seasons ago. So I can see where you're coming from on paper, and I think they would be the only team that you would think would, could emerge the top four, and, and you know they should break in the top six, but. Um, I'm, 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 it's questionable for me how, how good they are, especially with the players they're going to, going to lose. I mean, I, I think Madison believed his hype for some time, didn't he? Thought he was a lot better than he actually was. Thought he was going to be, a, you know, the England's the new, the, the young, new Jack Grealish at the time. But um, I, um, I'm not, I'm not 100 convinced. I would bet them even money. I think they're very hard markets to, to, to have a bet on, and that's what. So, for, to, for my personal opinion, is to bet a couple of teams to finish in the in the top half. Rather than the the top four because or the top six because I feel that the top four is assuming that you know we know the order is a question of what order they finish in, and I think the top six is pretty much going to be the top four we said Leicester and any one of Tottenham or or um, or Everton uh, sorry Tottenham or um, Arsenal for me, so and the challenging group is just a little bit too far so I I feel they're markets that really really are very hard to break the establishment and I, and I wouldn't probably have a bet on them. All right, mate. Well, do you want to uh, tell us about your top half bet then, Wally, there? Well, the team I want to bet in the top half is Aston Villa. Oh, at 2.6. I was going to go with, mate. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there should be odds on. I think, um, obviously, Grealish is um, is the party, but I think that they've invested the money brilliant this summer. I think Danny Ings is a, is a, is a, is a top replacing, uh, a top striker, a proven Premier League uh, striker. Bundia uh, from uh, Norwich was the championship best player of the season. Very, very talented player. I think he'll be brilliant there. Um, and they've got a good Bailey. manager. Yeah, Bailey. They've got they've got the they've got arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. They've got a, a very, very strong defence. Uh, and obviously with uh, Watkins and um, and and uh, Ings now, I think they've got goals in them. And I, I think they'll improve rather than go backwards on on, on the greedish. Uh, transfer. I, I know he's going to be a player to miss and, and the fans aren't happy but um, I think at 2.25 they're a side that I would want to bet. I mean, if you've got a match bet, Aston Villa against um, West Ham or Aston Villa against Brighton, I'd take Aston Villa to, to bit, finish ahead of Brighton all day long. But it's a it's a bit of a you know a risk leaving that money in. Like that. You, know, you don't want to be betting something at 1.83 for the season. You know, it's, just, mm. it's, not, it's not that great. But I think Aston Villa, uh, top half last season, I bet Leeds to finish in the top half at a similar kind of price to Aston Villa this season. And I think Leeds will do really well again. I think they're 1.8 to finish in the top half. Maybe a double, if you can do a double, Leeds and, and, and uh, Aston Villa finish in the top half. Leeds haven't really spent anything this season, but the fact, the biggest factor for me is that they're, they're back in front of crowds at Ellen Road. I think that, you know, they were already a good team last season, finished ninth with that support behind them. And, you know, this is the first time that Leeds fans will see them in the, see them in the Premier League for, you know, oh, I can't remember how long it's that, 15 years now. So I think they're going to be absolutely up for that. And that first game when they play at Ellen Road will be rocking. And uh, I think Leeds and Villa to finish in the top half, probably in a double, would be uh, would be my pick. Nice, mate. Uh, we'll move on yeah, to the relegation market. Oh, we'll get the odds up on the screen. Favourites in this one. Are basically the three promoted teams, which is uh, sad to see. You've got Norwich at uh, just under evens there. Watford basically at evens. Brentford shortly after at highs. 
2.4 in some places. Then you've got your old stalwarts of the Premier League, Palace, Burnley, Newcastle, Southampton. It's all a, it's all a bit of a tight race. But, yeah, it's disappointing to see the, the top three teams being the promoted teams. But, uh, Nigel, mate, I'll, I'll start with you this time. Is there is there anything that gets you excited in the relegation market? Uh, what is it, mate? I mean, it's not a surprise really to see that Norwich and Watford and Brentford are the top three. Two of the teams that were promoted last season went straight back down. Leeds were the only ones who, who stayed up. Um, Norwich will be very popular in the way that they, because they, the way they performed in the Premier League the last time they were promoted, the performances were so bad. But I think they would have learned a lot from that. Rundia is uh, is a big miss for them. But Billy Gilmore has come in from Chelsea. And I think that's, I think that's a brilliant sign for Norwich. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Billy Gilmore. I know he got the man in the match at, uh, against England in, in the Scotland game. But I, I saw him a few times for Chelsea when he was in youth level. And he was he, he's an exceptional talent. And I think that will be an absolute brilliant signing for them. Uh, it's whether Pukey can live with in the Premier League the first time you know last time around he just he just could, he started off fast but he couldn't get the goals I think that's where they're going to lack scoring goals um, so I I think I think they're obviously a clear favourites Brentford interesting me they always got got, got good recruitment um, unlike um, Pukey I think Ivan Tony will score goals in the Premier League um, uh, I, I think it's going to be tough for them and and obviously, the, the, um, who's the other? I can't remember the other team off the top of my head now. Who's the other side that's, that I'm missing? Watford and Brentford. Watford, Watford will do. Well, they'll change three managers by the time Christmas comes, and then they'll, they'll have to start again. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But I think that you can't really bet them, and they are the price they are. You know, they are they are the three likely teams to go. Of the of the others, there's a couple of teams. I mean, Crystal Palace, I think, are going to struggle. I think they're, they're going to really struggle. I think um, it's a very brave appointment, Vieira. Uh, again, talking about the, the African Cup of Nations, they, Wilfred Sahar, they're going to lose him whenever they lose him. They don't, they don't, they don't win games. AU will be gone as well. Schluck will be gone. Three big, big players for Crystal Palace. And if you take Wilfred Sahar out of, of this Palace side, they're, they're pretty much nothing. And their record without him is diabolical. So um, I think they're in big trouble. Uh, but they're Have they still got there. SA? Sorry? Have they still got SA? He's injured. He's out. He's got um, a, a, a ACL. He's out till till oh. till til about uh, January. Uh, no, yeah, January time. If he's if he's, he's yeah, he's out for a long time. Nice. Uh, he's quality. He's quality. But you know, I, I think they're I think they're going to have a real tough season. But the thing is, they've been bet heavily throughout the summer. As soon as they got Vieira, they were bet heavily. Um, and at the prices, are they in value? I don't think they are. The one side that. Has to the bubble has to burst at some stage. It's Burnley has to. I mean, they've been punching above their weight for so long. You know, their their metrics are shocking. Um, Sean Dice is a manager that's been linked with Everton. He's been linked with Palace. He was favourite to be the Palace manager job, and he's stuck by and stuck by and stuck by. Um, there has to come a time where they hit the buffers, and and Sean Dice uh, gets tempted away at a, a team a, a, alongside them in the Premier League or a team. In the championship, I mean, if a, if a team like Sheffield United or something like that is struggling and, and gets rid of their manager, Sean Dyche could be a potential placement. Or, you know, a team like a Newcastle, if Newcastle struggle. So I think he holds the whole thing together there. And uh, if he goes, then I feel that they're, they're struggling because what he's performed with a, with a shoestring budget and what he's performed with a team on their metrics to stay in the Premier League season in, season out is phenomenal. So I think if he was looking for a, a, a price... Um, to have a bet on a bit of value, I would probably go for Burnley at uh, three point five. Um, because I don't think I think that um, I think two of the three who went that who, who got promoted will go down one or so up and out. The, the the rest of the bunch, uh, I think Palace will struggle, but they're too short. Uh, and Burnley would probably be my pick at three point five. All right, and George, your thoughts, mate. Yeah, see, I've got exactly the same thoughts um, with Palace. The 2.75 did seem slightly short, but you know, I, I think they, I do think they're going down. I, I really do. They've got all the hallmarks of a side that, that are going down. You know, the amount of players that they've lost, you know, first team players due to contracts ending. And they've spent big on, on a Chelsea under 23 uh, defender. 21 million they spent on, on Gwehi. I think that's who pronounced it. He was on loan at Swansea uh, the championship last season. 
it's okay, but it wasn't anything to write home about. And you know, the link with several players, the likes of Kabaki was at Liverpool, Adam Armstrong from Blackburn and, and Edouard from Celtic. But so far, they've not brought really anyone of noting. Um, got Anderson uh, from Leon on loan. He was, he was on loan at Fulham last season as well. Uh, and they decided to go down. Um, and yes, Nigel already alluded to that appointment of Patrick Vieira is a brave one. Um, it's not got an extensively successive record uh, as a manager. And like I said, for me, they've got all the makings of a relegation candidates. Um, but for me, it was, it was just looking at it, I'd want a bit of a more a juicier price, if you like, than, than 2.75 to go down. Completely in agreement with Nigel uh, about the other two to go. And it's just kind of which other side follows them down, really. Um, but yeah, 2.75, it, it's just too short. But in terms of, of Burnley, for me, I, I think they're so they're stable in that they've always got that manager. They've always they're just consistent in the way that that they play. And I just think there's a few worse teams than them this season. Still, I think they'll they'll ride their luck and they'll stay up again. But at some point, they've got to go down. So I agree, probably the value's there. But yeah, I, I do think Palace will go down. But at 2.75, you know, as I just said plenty of times previously on, on this podcast already nine months to have money tied that's a long time and at 2.75 I don't think that it'd be worth it for me at, at that price I'd want something a little bit more so um, obviously again I was kind of looking before at Watford at you know twos I mean I think they're pretty much guaranteed I just don't think this quad's good enough but again those prices just aren't big enough for me to have my money tied up so for me for the relegation scrap it'd probably be I, I wouldn't have a, a bet on this one to be honest but I think Crystal Palace will go down all right, gents. Uh, we'll move on to the pr- the top goal scorer, which is probably uh, out of all the markets the most exciting. A lot to play for here. I mean, it could can be one of those markets where it can go to anyone. I'll get it on my screen. You got favourite Harry Kane, who there's a good chance he won't even be playing for Tottenham. So that's something to keep in mind at four point three three. You got Mo Salah five point five, but you got to keep in mind the Cup of Nations there, and then it takes a real steep drop down to Sterling at 21, Aubameyang 26, uh, Gabriel Jesus 26, uh, Timo Werner, Bruno Fernandes and so on. Nigel, you can start us off again, mate. Where are you Where are you looking on this one? Well, um, the first thing is, is if Harry Kane does go to Manchester City, I think that lessens his chances to be the top goal scorer in the Premier League. Rather than increase chances, and I think the market will will make his odds go shorter. But I think that decreases your chances because the goals. I know Man City score a lot of goals, but they're shared around by so many people. I mean, you know, Sterling will weigh in with fifteen. Uh, De Bruyne will get fifteen. Uh, Jesus will get twelve. You know, it, they're all shared about. So I think you know, if you're betting Harry Kane better, you want him to stay at Tottenham. The other thing at Tottenham, he'll play, he'll play every game. He won't play every game. The games sometimes where Harry Kane, at his age now, I think if they're at home to a side like Watford and there's a big Champions League game and he's at Man City, he won't play in that game. Whereas he, at the game against Watford, when he was playing for Tottenham, he'll start the game and he scored two goals. So it's a brave call to take Harry Kane. Um, the man who I want to bet is not even in the betting. That's Lukaku. So, like, I think Lukaku. <laughs> even announced him yet but I think it's, you can't have a bet on this market without seeing what price Lukaku is going to be because he will play every game for Chelsea he will be their main man I did think Werner would have a much better season than last year and I was looking at Werner in my fantasy football team and, and various different things but um, with Lukaku's arrival that's completely made his chances diminish completely um, there's always people that, in this market that, that frame at big prices. I mean, you had Min last year got 17 goals. He was about an 80 to one shot at being top. Patrick Banford got 17 Premier League goals. You know, so there's always people that surprise. And if you go a little bit further down the list, one player that I think is a really underrated centre forward in the Premier League, and I think that he, 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 wherever he goes, he scores goals, and whatever he does, um, he, he's very underrated. And that's Callum Wilson at Newcastle. Um, he's 50 to 1. Last season, he missed about, I think he missed about 13, 14 games in the Premier League. He, he, he got injured and was out for about two month period where Newcastle didn't do anything in that two months. He still managed to get, I think, 12 or 13 goals in the Premier League. Um, he will play every game if he's fit. He will, um, he'll take penalties. Um, and I think he is a proven Premier League goal scorer that if he's fit for a season will get 15 goals minimum 
a, a season. And, you know, you, you could place in this market with, with 15, 16, you come top three. So um, I thought Callum Wilson represented a little that bit of value at 50 to one. And the other one I thought, it's strange to say this, but I thought towards the end of the last season, I thought he was coming in to some form, goal scoring form, and looking really well, looking good, playing with a team that actually finally played to his system. It's Cavani. I thought Cavani was a big price at 40s. Um, man, with the service he's going to get from Sancho coming in now, um, I think Manchester United will be very attack-minded. I think they'll be quite an entertaining watch uh, under Solskjaer this season. I think, you know, the players they've brought in suggest he's going to go for it a little bit. Got a lot of pace in the side. And again, but will he get enough game? That's the problem. Will he get enough? Will he, will he play every week in a week out? You want to be with players that will start pretty much every game. You know, the, last season, Bamford at least got 17 goals. He played every game. Uh, Callum Wilson will start every game. Um, that's the problem and that, that's the market there's obviously the, the African Cup of Nations stuff which we touched on but I think Lukaku will be the man I, I, I'm, what prices we go back to the prices at the top of the market there were you second yeah I'm, ex yeah. I'm expecting Lukaku to come in between the two of them I think Harry Kane will be favourite uh, Salah will be most, I think he'll probably be behind Salah so I reckon Lukaku will probably be in around about five or six to one to be the top Premier League goal scorer and I think that represents a, 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 a decent bet for me if we can get that kind of price. Anything bigger than six to one, I'm getting. If he goes in a three to one favourite, I'm not bending him at all. But um, I think at sixes, that kind of region, I'm definitely bending. But of the outsiders, Callum Wilson would be my each way player at a big price, 50s. Yeah, Kane with, you know, he's been a bit brutal throughout his career too. Uh, and yeah, like you said, going to Manchester City might might lessen his chances. Seller going to the African Cup of Nations. So yeah, Lukaku might be the way to go. Do you kind of lead with Nigel on this one, George? Yeah, no surprise. Um, pretty much echoing those those kind of sentiments. I saw, saw Kane's price at uh, four point three three, and I was sort of thinking if he goes to City, he's not going to play as many games for a start. So I'd be very surprised. But that I do think he'll score goals, but. Um, you know, obviously watching City, we played with that false nine last season. So Aguero was always injured. Gabriel Jesus couldn't really be relied upon. So that's kind of why goals are shared around. I think if if um, you know Kane does play for for City, the amount of times I've seen us whip a ball into the box, hoping the likes of Sterling's going to get his head on it, is just ludicrous. You know, the striker's dream. Some of these balls, but it comes down to appearances. And as Nine said, you know, if we've got a big Champions League game coming up in midweek and we're playing, if you like, cannon fodder on the weekend. We're not going to risk him. Simple as that. So he's not going to have those opportunities to score goals. So I completely agree on the stance with Kane. And also with, with Lukaku. Um, obviously, there's no prize for him yet until that deal is uh, officially announced. Um, obviously, Nigel touched on on Timo Werner. And, and I quite actually like the price on, on Timo Werner just simply because... Tuchel does like playing uh, with that, that three up top, but a, a narrow front three. And I can see Timo Werner accompanying Lukaku at the top of there. And the amount of goals he had disallowed last season, you know, I watched Werner a lot in the Bundesliga when he was there. And the man's lethal. Um, he did have a pretty terrible and but largely unlucky first season um, in England. But we've seen so many times of players, they take that season to adjust. And the second season, they're just on fire. Uh, you know, if expected that Lukaku's arriving, you know, look at last season for Inter Milan when he was sort of partnering Lutaro Martinez up top. He had 34 goal involvements in 36 league games and that includes 10 assists and just the runs that Werner makes are incredible. They really are and it does free up obviously space for, for his counterparts and I think Lukaku is an absolute monster up top and he's going to draw defenders in and I think that's going to, I think, I think Timo Werner will play a lot this season um, and partner in Lukaku. Tuchel is not shy of, he played a lot with Chelsea actually with that three up top as well. So I see Werner getting a lot of game time and I'm not saying it would definitely happen, but I think 26 is far too high for someone of Timo Werner's calibre. Like I said, I've watched a lot of him and I still rate him. I was kind of absolutely gutted when Chelsea signed him. Um, and I think at 26 is, he's, he's far too high. It's just, it's massively overpriced um, in my season, in my opinion, sorry. Um, so Timo Werner at 26 appealed. I was also looking at an outside bet of just the sheer difference in price on um, different bookmakers. So Ollie Watkins, I mean, I'm not sure what the price is now, if it's still there, but for example, on Skybet, Ollie Watkins was uh, 26 as well, but on Bet365 he was at 41. Um, I think he might, he might have a slight not going into the season, but uh, obviously 
I've got a few uh, Villa friends and they're all saying that apparently Ollie Watkins in, in training, he's, they're sort of changing his position. He might be playing further out wide, but he's just banging the goals in, according to them. And he just looks on fire. And, and watching him last season, he looked like he just had that knack of knowing where the goal is. We've already spoken about Aston Villa reinforcing their side with the loss of Jack Grealish. And, and I do think they could impress this season. I think this type of signs they made will have an almost immediate impact. It might take a few games to bed in, but... Yeah, I think Ollie Watkins at 41, if you can get that price, it's, it's just purely a value bet. It's just massively overpriced, particularly when you look at, obviously, other bookmakers price them a lot lower than that. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a, a good shout as well. So, for me, yeah, Timo Werner and Ollie Watkins at the moment. So, I want to see what that Lukaku price is, but I, I think those would be my, my two go-tos, if you like, for in terms of a value bet. Just one thing on that, um, on that Chelsea thing, though, with, with, with both Werner and the um, car coming in, it's just who's going to be on the penalties as well. You've got Jorginho, yeah. you've got, you know, Werner took a few last season, Lukaku takes penalties. I think that's a huge factor in taking this because if they put Lukaku on the penalties this season, um, then I don't think they will. I think Jorginho will be on the no, penalties. Yeah, Jorginho for me, yeah. He'll be on the penalty. And, uh, and that is a big factor as well if, you, if you're betting. So they've got to score these goals from open play. And when you've got Harry Kane, you get four or five penalties this season. You've got other players. You're four behind them, you know, or saying he scores them all. You're at least three behind them when you start. So that's a, that's a different, an interesting one. And we, I, I actually had Ollie Watkins on my shortlist. Like I was going to actually put him up as a, an official play. Um, yeah. But I just felt the arrival of Danny Ings mm. meant that he shares the goals a little bit more. You know, if, if they never side Danny Ings, then Ollie Watkins would definitely be a bet at 40s. Uh, I think now that Danny Ings has arrived, the two of them, it wouldn't surprise me, the two of them will share sort of 15 goals, 12, 13 goals between them rather than one of them hitting that 20 plus that you need to be the top goal scorer. Yeah, I just think with them playing on the wider side, um, you know, obviously Danny Ings going through the middle, I think Watkins is going to get more chances. Um, and he's a great finisher. I think the sign of Danny Ings that he's obviously going to be the main centre forward, which Ollie Watkins took that position last season. I was thinking if he's, you know, if he's going to be playing a bit further out wide, apparently Dean Smith, uh, the position wants him to play. I think he'll probably potentially score more than last season. But you know, for me, at four is it's just it's a massive price, isn't it? All right, I'll throw one in there too. Uh, as a, as an Arsenal fan, I've got to, I've got to throw one Arsenal player in there. I wouldn't touch your Bamiyang for a start off. I think, I think this man might actually get more goals than him, and that's Nicola Pepe. I, I he came into some roaring form at the end of last season. I think he finally showed what he can produce in the Premier League. And I think, and last year he probably only played half of the games, or maybe even less than that. Started half of the games, and I think this might be his year where he might he might start most of the games. So, coming in off that right wing, I think there's also a shout: Lacazette and Aubameyang coming to the end of their career. They're they're both you know they both haven't shown much over the past year. I wouldn't even be surprised if Pepe got a shot at striker. Um, at some point during this during the season, I think you can get 126 to one for uh, for Pepe. I think you know I'm not saying that he's going to get top goal scorer. I just think that that's uh, that's well overpriced, especially when you factor in. I believe that Pepe could get more goals than than Aubameyang this year, and also Lacazette, who's uh, who's favoured in there too. But uh, yeah, maybe a little play for everyone out there. We've Lacazette, uh, Lacazette five to one score the first goal. On Friday night, be the first player ever to score three first goals of the season for, in the Premier League. He's done it twice before. Scored the first goal in the Premier League. Yes, he scores five to one for three times first goal score in the Premier League. And, and you thought you were good with stats, George? I know, I know. That's a belter. <laughs> George has never seen him so excited this whole podcast. All right, um, that's all the main markets we're going to go through, mate. That's why. <laughs> that's all the main markets we're going to go through today but uh, George you've got uh, one other market you would like to go through today next manager to leave his post yeah so for me I don't think you can look much further than uh, Zisco Munoz uh, at Watford <laughs> and that's uh, at sevens obviously no, I just already briefly mentioned it but if you look at Watford it is literally a manager merry-go-round at that club it really is you know, they've had 10 managers in the last five years and they tend to switch things up during the season. I believe there was one calendar year where they had three or four different managers. It's just, it's ludicrous. It really is. Um, 
you know, they're starting the season, they're playing a lot of teams who are most likely going to be around them at the business stage of the season and they're probably the easier game. So, you know, if they get, they get a few points there and, you know, they're sort of struggling already, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get the chop early doors. I, I really wouldn't. I think, you know, their owners are very uh, kind of uh, trigger happy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, at sevens, I was surprised to see that price. I thought it'd be more around maybe fours, maybe fives. But um, yeah, the sevens available, I think I saw them Betfair, Unibet as well. Um, it's Watford are going to struggle this season, simple as that. I mean, I'm, I think they're going to go down. I just don't think they've got the quality. Uh, don't get me wrong, they've got some a few very, very talented players, but overall as a, as a squad, as a team, I just don't think they've got the quality to survive in the Premier League. And I think they're going to be the whipping boys uh, of the league this year. And yeah, given their, their history of firing managers, he is the favourite admittedly, but obviously there's rightly so in my opinion and yeah Zisco Munoz at sevens to, to be the first sacked really appeals to me and the other one uh, for a bit of a higher price was Patrick Vieira as we've already alluded to you know it's a very brave appointment he didn't impress that much uh, at Nice in my opinion um, and Crystal Palace uh, I think they could be in trouble um, for reasons I've already alluded to the amount of players just they've lost of quality first team players and they've not replaced them yet they really haven't so they're a massive drop in quality as we already know that they're going to lose Wilfred Zaha they're without Eze so they could just get off to it it could just be awful for them to, to begin with um, so yeah Patrick Vieira at 8.5 that was on uh, William Hill to, to be the first to go as well I, I quite like both of them to be honest at those prices yeah I mean you look at Steve Bruce, he's been there for a long time. He's been through rough periods, but they've kept him on. Ralph Hassenhudel, I mean, so many so many pundits out there, I've heard them say he's – There was, I think there was one point he was, he's been linked to some big roles maybe at Arsenal and stuff like that. Mikel Arteta, it, it, I think it'll take a lot more for him to get the sack. So, yeah, you could almost, uh, you could almost look at kind of an ARB or, you know, kind of opportunity there and, well, and have a crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, right. I'll give you one special bet I like as well. Sorry, just going back to just just um, going back to the anti-Crystal Palace theme as well. Um, I want to back Crystal Palace to be bottom at Christmas. Uh, it's a market that's available. Uh, they're eight to one, so nine point zero. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think they're in um, big big trouble. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Vieira be gone by them. Um, we saw it before with Crystal Palace when they brought in the uh, De Boer as their manager and uh, it lasted six, seven games after they got off to a terrible start. And they, they've got a real tough set of fixtures at the beginning. I mean, they go Chelsea, uh, they've got Tottenham, uh, Liverpool, Leicester, Arsenal, Man City, all before October, um, in the September and October. They could be way, way, way behind. And then they've got to go to Leeds, Manchester United as well. Um, I think their start is very, very difficult. Watford's start is actually quite reasonable. They've got quite a reasonable start. Um, but I think Palace will panic. There's a lot of clubs at the bottom of the Premier League, like Norwich, for example. They know if they finish fourth from the bottom, they will keep with faith with the manager because that's what they, they, they want to do. Other clubs like Crystal Palace, like, uh, like Watford, like Southampton, if they get off to a bad start and their manager's are in the bottom three after eight or nine games and not putting into performances, they will panic. And the other thing is last season in the Premier League, it took ages for a manager to be sacked. And uh, I spoke to an ex-football player and he said to me that he thought that was because there was no fans getting on the back of the managers in the stadiums. Mm. So, and he said, you know, the chairman listened to the fans, they come in after the game and go, oh, we've, got, we've got a decision to make, we're losing the fans, we've got to have a word with the manager. There was no fans in the stadium, so the, the, the pressure on the, on, the, on the manager wasn't so much. And uh, was this something I said, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I, th- I think we may see a lot of early casualties here because of COVID and because of tight budgets at clubs now and, and the importance of money in the game. I think that we may see people who are struggling get rid of their managers pretty, pretty brutally and pretty early if it isn't working out. And I, and I think Crystal Palace, Vieira, bottom of Christmas, with that fixture list and with all those players are going to miss in and no recruitment's coming in, I think they're going to be a real tough time. 
All right, gents. We've gone through quite a few markets there. You've uh, you put on a stellar show, although you were it wasn't looking too good at the start. It was uh, the mood was pretty dire, but that's all right. You guys lifted as the as the podcast went on. If we had to summarize everything, best anti post bet or best outright future bet in all of the all of the EPL, all the markets we've been through today, Nigel, mate, where would you take me? It's a pretty obvious bet. It's the one we started with the show with. But I think Manchester City and Chelsea to finish in the top two in any order in a dual forecast at two to one is the best bet. Ne- yeah, negative towards negative towards Liverpool with the African Cup of Nations. And I think Chelsea with Lukaku push closer to Man City and those two pull away from the chasing pack. All right. That's conversion for that is three in decimal odds for those who are not very good with fractions like myself. And what about you, George? Yeah, for me, I'll go in with uh, what I said before. I know we've had uh, different opinions, but Leicester to finish in uh, in the top six. I mean, I just look at you know the other teams. I don't. I think they're the best of the rest, and uh, I think they'll be fighting for that top four, regardless of the African uh, Cup of Nations. I think they've just got the quality. That, you know, they've got the manpower to see them through. Uh, the other sides just aren't as good as them, in my opinion. Simple as that. So, Leicester to finish in at the top six at around two point one. Well said, buddy. All right. You can find these gentlemen on Twitter at Sealy underscore Nigel and check out PremierSportsPlays.com ahead of the new season. Uh, Nigel's got subscriptions for all the leagues in Europe, so plenty of stuff to look at there. And you can find George on Gamble at Gamble for all his card stats, which I guess you won't be updating for another five games uh, into the season. That's, yeah, pretty correct because I'd rather stats be pertinent rather than just using last season. Lots of things change. So about five games in, that's when all the stats will be posted. Yeah, and George underscore CGG for, I guess, all the other bets on on all the other markets that you'll be putting out. So, uh, yeah, some great follows there for everyone. Next podcast will possibly be a preview for this weekend. Have to talk to the to the boys to see who's available. But other than that, thanks for listening, everyone, and thank you to to you, gents, for uh, for coming on again. It was a terrific chat. Please make sure you do a quick rate review of the podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to the podcast. Give the video a like. Subscribe to the channel. We're very close to 10k subscribers. It's very exciting. Enjoy the Premier League season and go Arsenal. Thank you, gents. Cheers once again for having me.